So I came all the way over here, you said you was holding. I didn't say what I was holding. <laughs> Anton Tobias never had much on his mind. Don't you think you should have like a goal? My dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch TV while somehow Brad delivers me food. And he always had time on his hands. Four bodies have been discovered and the killer is still at large. Until one of them <laughs> got a mind of its own. control on my hand ah! makes me do things that I don't want it to do aren't you a little old for ding-dong ditch <laughs> sorry about your bush I'm gonna call 911 what's the number I'm not the killer okay I mean if OJ could get off then I'm sure you there now his hand won't stop I don't want to hurt you they don't ew that's disgusting his friends won't die. Dead. Undead, actually. And there was this big, bright white light at the end of a long tunnel. So what happened? We were like, forget that, man. It's too far. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show where we unthaw a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we are smack dab in the middle of Below Spooking, our... Uh, now, I guess, yearly thing that we do where we try to do horror movies all month. Um, <laughs> and uh, I wanted to, uh, one, do this one because this is another movie from CJ's uh, trailer that I was on YouTube. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then also uh, because I was like, you know who would be perfect to bring back for this per- this particular movie? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, our friend, our buddy, below freezing royalty at this point, Alex Gradet, welcome back. Hey, good question mark to be here? <laughs> I have so many questions. I, I also yeah. have questions. I usually do, but oh boy, have I got questions this time. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is a have questions type movie. Uh, yes, and and you as uh, I think our our resident envoy uh, culturally, you know, to the nineties, <laughs> <laughs> because I made I, I had, made this, I, I made this discovery earlier this year that I was just like um, everybody who calls themselves like a nineties kid or whatever, uh, none of us actually mm-hmm. remember the nineties. All <laughs> it's just. Right? It's like, none of us actually remembers the 90s. It's just a bunch of people who grew up, like, right at the exact time where entertainment became readily available at your house. <laughs> and and I think 90s kid has a couple of different connotations to it. Because there's, like, there's a whole group of 90s kids, people who call themselves 90s kids, but are, like, goofy movie Space Jam 90s mm-hmm. kids. And mm-hmm. that's just, like, a like I was just I was just like I was I was in college when those came out so like those are not a part of my ch- these are like co-workers and and peers in air quotes of mine who but who like are easily five to ten years younger than I am and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah well we mean different like like there's 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 Space Jam 90s kids and there's Reservoir Dogs 90s kids and they're very different things. <laughs> Because yeah. the Reservoir Dogs '90s kids are really '80s kids who just uh, were also there in the '90s. 
Yeah, because I feel like CJ and I probably do vividly remember what it was like to be a kid in the 90s because we were both born in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I'm, I remember those, like, toys oh, that were like a fairy it. that you wind up and they flew and those, like, razor scooters that chopped you with the ankles. Like, yeah, like, still mm- 90s kids, <laughs> but solidly Space Jam territory over here. I don't, it's because I don't even remember seeing any of these movies in theaters my my first memory of going to the movies in a theater was because my mom took me on a date uh because she couldn't find a babysitter to see the matrix (laughs) which which i did not watch the matrix again until i was in college it fucked me up that bad (laughs) Um, oh wow Oh no! <laughs> I want you to I I want you to put yourself in the mindset of a young child who talks too much and then go to the movies to see some to see like a, a bug crawl out of a syringe and into someone's belly button and then close their mouth. I <laughs> I can I see how that would be traumatic. Do couldn't do it. Uh, but then I remember also seeing like the Lost World Jurassic Park in uh, a theater. But everything else I remember from the nineties. I remember specifically seeing on like VHS. Those are my most vivid mm. memories and stuff yeah. like that. So when I say that I don't remember the nineties, it's just that like, oh, I'm I have vivid memories of like a song being on the radio or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the way that people are just like, oh, things are better back in the nineties, I'm like, how the fuck do you know? Well, <laughs> and the other thing <laughs> when is, people are aging it, like yeah. It's it's occurring to me too as we're discussing this why the definition of what a '90s kid is so is why it's so fuzzy and it occurs to me because that was when like uh, nostalgia as entertainment became a thing so that like if you were if you were my age by the time I made it to like senior year of high school uh, then mass culture was already sort of saying like, hey, remember Schoolhouse Rock from when you were four years old? So like there was already, like like the snake was starting to eat its own tail in this encouragement of like, mm, hey, stay yeah. a kid. So like even into college, I was still going to see the new Disney movie every summer, usually with my family, because there was this idea of like, well, we can, we can, the 90s is where I think you stopped having to give up quote unquote childish things. Like, it just everything just sort of stayed with you and that has literally never changed and that's why you have people older than me digging in their heels on what makes good star wars and bad star wars and just you know basically the 90s is where uh childhood fandom started and uh as your 90s correspondent i apologize uh because it's proven <laughs> to be it has it has not proven to be a good thing um that's your title from here on out 90s correspondent yeah. and i apologize <laughs> alex cadet <laughs> um yeah i it's so, it's so interesting because mm-hmm. i was uh talking to my sister about the movie antebellum which at the point of this uh recording came out last weekend and we were talking about how um when something gets popular in this case get out uh mm-hmm. lots and lots of things like that thing start to appear and i can sort of see but i'm also asking was this sort of like a late era last gasp of like the scream 
style teen horror thing. It was it was definitely that, uh, which is what I and I thought about Scream a lot while watching this, um, and but also with a germ of like. It was it was also sort of it came out around the same time, like within a couple of months of like She's All That and the sort of mm-hmm. the 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 ascension of Freddie Prince. Um and uh <laughs> the ascension of Freddie Prince. <laughs> well I'm just saying that like the, the the dude came out of nowhere and made like fifteen movies in thirteen months and um uh, <laughs> And then disappeared again into whatever level of heaven he descended from high on high on he's like a super prominent voice actor now and it's great like Mm -hmm. i i love watching people make that pivot like that um because if you do that you can work forever um but yeah so like this was so this was right at the intersection of like the waning scream style cycle then the introduction of uh, uh, about a year earlier of the like there's something about Mary gross outness and then crisscrossed mm-hmm. with this whole Miramax teen comedy thing that was starting to go on at the same time so it's like you wind up with something that's like less sincere less le- less trying less hard than something like disturbing behavior which was also in that scream style cycle the the sort of teen horror thing but mm-hmm. You know, basically, as I was watching this movie, I was like, I couldn't tell you if it worked better as an unfunny comedy or as a not scary horror movie. But man, is it kind of both. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I, I forgot. We forgot to say the title. Uh, <laughs> we are untying. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, damn. I was going to say, make them guess. Like, just use the clues. Oh. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, Idle Hands, uh, starring, um, 90s king, uh, <laughs> Devin Sawa. Is he? Look, I don't make the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Micah, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes score and consensus pulled up? I do. And I also just want, I know this is an auditory medium, but I just want everybody to know that when you look this up on Rotten Tomatoes, the image is just Eldon Henson with the crazy eyes holding up a baggie of weed. And I think that sums the movie up pretty well. <laughs> if that was what the movie was, then sure. But, yeah. man. Yeah. But unfortunately, Sorry, I'm just... <laughs> it was so many yeah. other things. Uh, and those add up to 15% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And the critics' consensus mm-hmm. is an uneasy mix of slapstick and gore. Idle hands lacks the manic energy and comedic inspiration required to pull off its goofy premise. Yeah, because, like, there's certain times in it where you're just like, this is, this should have been, like, Gondry or somebody directing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But th- there are other times where, uh, and, and the it, the cast is also so weird. It's but a also weird so cast. S- specific to this time. Even, except for Eldon, H- uh, 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 what's his last name, Henson? Henson. Yeah. Eldon Henson. Who um, is ageless? Like people mm-hmm. talk about Paul Rudd, even though Paul Rudd very obviously has fillers and a chemical peel as his friend. Um, the <laughs> really good ones, though. <laughs> really good ones. They they do great work. 
Um, <laughs> the but like like Eldon Henson has had a career as a youngish man mm. for like thirty years. <laughs> yeah, because I know him best as Foggy in the Netflix Daredevil mm-hmm. and adjacent. Mm-hmm series and i love him in those so i'm yeah. always really excited to see him i think he was in something else that he was in watched. she's all that yeah yeah i watched she's all that for the first time like a couple of weeks ago uh because oh, i'd somehow man. missed it <laughs> right. i've seen he so many other horrible things yeah, yeah it's it's pretty wild but um hmm. i think that one of the most interesting things about this movie is how gross it is pretty gross it's really really gross and not like gore gross like you're just like oh that person's there's blood spurting out of that person's like face or something like that but like just the the creature effects are done in a really good and really creepy way but also you're thinking uh, of the burrito aren't you they're just gnarly yeah It's, 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 it's a, it's a grubby movie. Like it is just like, even outside of just like the, the horror aspects of it, just the aesthetic is just sort of unwashed and kind of bad skin. And like, it's just, it's, it's not a fun place to be. Devin Mm -hmm. Sawa canonically does not change his clothes for like a week. Like he kills his parents and he's wearing the same shirt like four days later because they've been missing for several days. And he even comments on it. He's like, yeah, I haven't seen my parents in a while. And he's well, apparently and, miss- and, wearing the same shirt. That's actually, And that's actually kind of like a perfect uh, encapsulation of like what a weird mix this movie is. Because I like I, this is not something I would have noticed, but I, I read the IMDb trivia uh, as I went along. And apparently Devin Sawa's character, every time he puts on a garment... He like he never takes it off again for yeah for uh you know like 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 we see we first meet him in his t-shirt and boxers and then he throws on a hoodie but that hoodie stays on forever and then he puts a jacket over that and it's like and that's okay that's that's I guess I guess that's a running gag but I'm like why yeah like why <laughs> is not... why is that the why is that the choice you make and what is the impact you're going for because you're not getting it. Um, like, I feel like they want us to see, oh, look how gross teenage boys are, which A, we all remember them. You don't need to tell us. And B, <laughs> like, they're already gross. You don't need to have him never change his clothes to, like, solidify how gross they are. They do so many other gross things. Uh, like, in uh, the time in this movie was really, really weird. Because mm. uh, yeah. th- there was points where they would tell you that, like, days had passed since, like, the last major event. And you're just like, oh, really? And that's probably because he didn't <laughs> change his clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, the movie starts in this, uh, in a way, in many ways that I did not expect. I really mm. didn't know what to expect from this movie uh, going in. But it exceeded... Uh, all of my expectations, just in terms of surprise. Uh, first, the um, the opening credits reminded me so much of Resident Evil. It's insane. Yep. Like from the industrial score, just like the coloring of it all. I'd seen the trailer and the trailer plays it like it's a little bit more wacky than it actually is. It needed to be wackier. 
and to work. and mm-hmm. I was in the 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 credits were uh, the opening credits were rolling, and I was like, "What? I don't what what's happening?" And then you get the thing with the parents, which you have Fred Willard there, and he doesn't get to be like Fred Willard. He just gets to like die off of off screen, and I was like, "Well, that's." That's weird. They're playing this a little straighter than I thought they would. And then the mom gets yanked under the bed and then there's this blood spurt from outside of the bed. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to sit down. (laughs) Well, it's, you're absolutely right. And like the, the, the Fred Willard thing is especially weird. And I realized he was not necessary. He was on his way to becoming the sort of household name that he became in the last, in, in, in like the last 20 years of his life rest in power um but uh um but like he was still somebody by then like it it wasn't just it wasn't just we need someone to play like like there have to be just piles of deleted scenes involving the parents like did especially because this is a movie that has a mechanism for people to come back from the dead and it's real (laughs) weird that his parents die and just stay dead I did enjoy the implication that the reason they came back from the dead is that they were literally just too lazy to walk towards the light. <laughs> like, I thought that was a decent gag. Like there were moments that were legitimately funny, and I did enjoy that. That is the reason they came back is they just could not be bothered to cross over. Uh, yeah. I uh, to 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 speak on Seth Green and Eldon Henson. Um, Every time they were on screen, I was like, "Is the is the movie still happening? Mm-hmm. Do like <laughs> do do things matter?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I just did because they would come on and the and the scenes would linger on them too, even when Devin Sawa goes away, and I would just be yeah. like, "Oh, okay." So Alex, I am. Were were you a disaffected youth? I mean. I sure thought I was, and I was, I, I sure was, I sure was, I sure allowed people to market their products at me as though I was. Um, uh, I, I was not, uh, I don't, I, I think by the time this movie came out, when I would have been about 22 years old, I think I had maybe smoked weed fewer times than you see characters in this movie smoke weed on screen. So, like, this did not... This was not speaking to me as, ah, my high school years. Because I'm genuinely <laughs> hoping it doesn't speak to anybody as, ah, their high school years. Um, <laughs> but fair. yeah, I mean, it's, I think this is about, I mean, obviously this is to an extent about disaffected youth, but like the most useless kind of watered down version of that. Like these people mm-hmm. who live in a pretty nice suburb with nothing to complain about, but still just voluntarily just like, just it is alleged that that uh, Devin Sawa has cut school for six months, which um, yes, which yeah. is a weird throw. Well, well, first of all, every throwaway in this movie is weird because the tone is so all over the place. It's like, wait, is that are you exaggerating or is that is that factual? Like, like yeah, the, the movie because some stuff is me. like touch and go and com- yeah. and 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 kind of confusing, and other stuff is just like oh, like the offspring is playing at their school dance. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that for now, cause cause boy, do I have some <laughs> thoughts on that. <laughs> so uh, yes, um, uh, Devin Sawa's character uh, Anton, 
uh, wakes up and uh, is sort of just uh, moseying around his house, realizing that things are empty uh, and then yelling at his parents to uh, make them not empty anymore. And he goes uh, to uh, see his good pothead friends to try and get something to smoke. They do not give him anything to smoke. Uh, probably because, no, because he doesn't have pants on. And first he calls them and he's like, hey, bring me some weed across the street. And they say, oh, hold on. I wrote it down because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I had to write down the lines that I thought was funny because some of them I was like, this is supposed to be funny. But at this point, this, this ain't dominoes, you lazy bitch. The, just, the, the, mm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just like uh, uh, half of the dialogue is references to like brands and things mm-hmm. from like this particular yeah. era in time baywatch india yeah. just like <laughs> it's like shotgun method with the witty witty banter like they're like we're just gonna throw everything we think could possibly be funny at them and like three or four things stick most w- of it doesn't i will say that you were right that it needs to be wackier but i think we're in an upward trajectory of wacky i think we're gonna hit some 90s teen movie that hits the exact sweet spot uh in the way that like a she's all that does because we had drive me crazy which i think needed some of the which needed to go for it with the dialogue in the way that this movie kind of does yeah, yeah, there's a, there's, um, a, there's a middle ground here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yes, obviously this one goes uh, goes way too far. Yeah, I I do have to say, like this, I I I had I'd never seen this movie in its entirety. I'd caught bits of it on cable, and for some reason had it in my head Ooh, that yeah, Matthew Lillard like was movie. in it. Oh, it's super cable movie. Like, like yeah. I, I think that's why it doesn't matter that the that the first scene is such a weird way to open a movie because this movie in its ideal form is seen like just turning on cable and half of it is already over and you have nothing better yeah. to do. Um, and I think you thought Matthew Lillard is in this movie because I think that it was like mandated by whatever was left over from the Hayes code that Matthew Lillard had to be in every major theatrical motion picture from 1995 to 2002. It's Um, that, but also, but also this movie has such Matthew Lillard energy for a movie that Matthew Lillard does not actually appear in. That's fair. Like he's, he's a, he's a couple of years too old to have played Anton. He's like, uh, he's like, a little too he was he was a little bit too big a star to have been the 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 heavy metal neighbor and like so like they yeah. keep on being these near misses of like oh that could well that you know like like they kept shooting for Matthew Lillard and it just yeah. they just couldn't get it together too wacky to be either of the stoner zombies yeah yeah I, I, I wish I he that. had been the heavy metal neighbor though because the heavy metal neighbor is gross. <laughs> This whole thing is gross, but that guy was gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I do want to say, like, like, like you pointed out, uh, this this movie does seem to bring with it a message of um, boys are gross, which which is not inaccurate, but also it is so squarely aimed at the like desires and perspectives of boys that it's like. Why are you bothering yeah. commenting on how gross oh. they are? Like, yes. 
thank you for the segue. Let's talk about everything that Jessica Alba is doing in this movie. Oh, God. Um, The... Literally, literally, like, there's, the like, the second time that she's on screen where he, like, goes over to her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I literally wrote in my notes, I said, Micah is having a fucking fit. I can just tell. Because... <laughs> this, this was my face the whole time. Viewers, my face is in my hands. So, so to get no. us here, basically, uh, Anton finds out that his hand is possessed by what? We all know. Um, but his hand is possessed and is killing people. It killed his parents and it kills his two stoner friends, played by Seth Green and Elton Henson. One uh, gets decapitated with uh, with like a... Uh, a table saw like blade. Like a, a table blade. saw blade. Yeah, yeah, table saw blade. And then Seth Green has a uh, beer bottle lodged in his head. <laughs> that he does not okay, let me for the whole let, time. Let me tell you something. 20, 20 years this movie has been, I won't say a part of my life, but I've been aware of it for the entirety of its lifetime. But never having seen it in its entirety, I did not know that was a beer bottle sticking out of his head. I'm like, I, like I knew that, because basically anytime I saw this movie, I saw the back half when he's already back from the dead. And I was like, yeah, he's got like, they're doing an American werewolf in London thing where his friends are like back from the dead, but they're, they're uh, chewed up in whatever manner killed them. Um, and I was like, I, I remember not giving it a ton of thought, but at the time being like, what is that sticking out of his head? Is, is that like, is that a metal ice cream cone? Is that a very large meat thermometer? What, what is this? Can, can, can I, can I, I was going to ask if I could do a tangent, um, but I can, of course it's a podcast. Hmm. Um, <laughs> specifically this podcast, a metal ice cream cone. <laughs> I, I didn't say it made sense. I'm just going on <laughs> what I could make out of this. You also have to remember that any time I would have seen this would have been Because nothing it. here makes sense. And it also would have been, uh, I, I, in my vague defense, you have to remember this is from an era before high-definition television. I would have been watching this <laughs> on a very grubby 4x3 TV that like was <laughs> several years old and belonged to my roommate or something. Anyway, uh, enough of that. My, my shit doesn't make sense, but moving on. No, that's yeah. valid. Nothing here does. <laughs> Nothing I, in this movie. I was kind of hoping that it was a real thing. Like, you know how mm-hmm. everyone walks around with the metal straws now? <laughs> it, it's like you guys don't even remember the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, killer hand is now desperate to kill uh, the young lady that uh, Anton is uh, so desperately infatuation with. Uh, infatuated with excuse me and uh that lady is named molly and she is played by jessica alba and i don't chaotic stupid is a thing right (laughs) yeah i don't even know i okay so some of this movie is like are they just trying to see what sticks and then and then there were moments where i was like is this satire because I thought Jessica Alba's character has to be satire, right? No one's that dumb. No one talks mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I don't think that's what it was meant to be. I think it's just the male gaziest character to have appeared on this podcast mm-hmm. so far, which I think is saying something. We've had some doozies. Uh, what, what was your favorite thing that uh, Jessica Alba did in the movie, Micah? <laughs> 
Um, probably, God, I don't know, dragging him into her house when he's like, legitimately, I'm not safe. I need to go. And she's like, oh, you're so cute. And then like drags him <laughs> into the house. Um, that or when her just entire dress except for the bodice gets ripped off on top of the car. I feel like that was just the cherry on top of this misogynist cake. I was a big fan of them calling each other baby snakes. Because oh. what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Where could it have possibly come from? Who 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 was teaching uh, uh, the the <laughs> UCLA screenwriting elective of uh, of witty nineties teen dialogue? I I just I was so confused the entire time. There are parts where like the killer hand is like literally groping her, and she's just like into oh, it. I didn't know that you'd be brave enough to do that. You're kinky, and I was like, what what's happening? I, 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 that, that stuck out at me. Now, obviously we're all watching movies differently now than we have for the century leading up to now and should be. Right. Uh, so, you know, so it's, it's not necessarily fair to, um, to, to hold an aim low horror comedy like this to the rigid, to the, to the standard that we're still trying to achieve 20 years later. But I will say yeah. this. Like, like when she responded favorably to being groped by a demon hand, I was like, okay, come on, come on. Like, she, yeah. she spends the, yeah. she spends the entire movie behaving as though she has the self-esteem of a person who does not look like Jessica Alba. Like, it's, yeah. I, I don't mean to say that it all comes down to physical appearance, but it's like, like, like it's laughable enough and she's all that when they've got Rachel Lee Cook being like all shruggy and and just not you know just low self-esteem because she has glasses that under which she still looks like Rachel Lee Cook um and it mm-hmm. but it's like they're not even making that play here like so it it tracks her behavior tracks so weirdly and jumping back to what you were saying too about the the dress getting ripped off I'm pretty sure that was in that was like a trailer shot. Like I think that was actually like one of the one of the things they sold the movie with. That makes sense. No, it does Every not make sense at all, a... but it happened. <laughs> um so <laughs> so uh her parents come home after she drags him into her house and they start uh, uh making out or whatever while his hand is trying to murder her. Um Mm-hmm. And uh, her parents come home and he has to leave. Uh, but they promise to uh, see each other again at the Halloween dance. So there is, I think now is the perfect time to talk about Heavy Metal Guy. Because it's, it's part, Heavy Metal Guy and Vivica Fox as a druid high priestess. Um <laughs> She was the best part of the movie, though. I just, well, no, that's not true. I think Eldon Henson was, but mm-hmm. she, I was like, I was not mad to see her there. I guess. It, well, she's introduced uh, because she's like in a nun's outfit and she's being led into this police station where they take her to this cell and this guy, he's got this like uh, crazy deformed hand 
now presumably because he was possessed by whatever is possessing anton's Mm. hand and it's gone and there's this uh sequence of events that happens where she like walks out of the police station uh starts ripping the habit off piece by piece uh to reveal uh, jennifer lopez's outfit from the movie anaconda and then she gets into (laughs) and she gets into this fucking uh Winnebago or whatever and there is like nothing ever comes of this but she gets in there but she seems to have like an animal companion that is a crow and that just happens I totally missed that and it never comes back missed that totally missed missed that. that completely now when I say she's the best part of the movie I mean that she makes the least sense out of anything happening. That like <laughs> nothing she's doing gets an explanation. It's just Vivica Fox just like here with all of this backstory that's alleged at that we never get. It she makes no goddamn sense, which I was like, you know what? Nothing does. Life is meaningless. Sure, you're here. The one thing I do like about her her existence in this movie is that when she explains what she's doing in the movie to heavy metal guy, he he's just like, "Yep, that that tracks." Like, I appreciate the, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they realized we are we are racing. We are racing out of the second act into the third. We need to start picking up steam here somehow. And they were just like, you know what? No obstacle to 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 the, her shit being believable. Like, just just go. Like, I I was actually kind of pleased at the, well, especially because like anything post. I, I was talking with some friends recently about about like genre savvy and about how like it, you know how sixty years of of cinema gets you from. Uh, uh, it's a wonderful life where it takes where it takes J- Jimmy Stewart a half hour to believe that Clarence is an angel and he's witnessing his life without him. Like he just completely rejects the premise for like fully feels like a half hour of screen time. Sixty years later, you've got Spider Verse where Miles Morales is just like, oh, you're an alternate universe Peter Parker because we're all just genre savvier. And I appreciate if I appreciate Idle Hands for anything, it's for staking its place on that continuum and being just like. We're going to have characters just go with it. Like, that's... Nobody's going to argue. We're just going to roll. There's too much happening for us to question anything that she says. Or for us to... Or for anybody in this movie to have, like, the time to be in disbelief about anything that's happening. (laughs) No one in this movie is smart enough to disbelieve anything that's happening. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Although I was thinking about it too, and look, I don't. I'm not trying to say anything could have saved this movie exactly. But if you took <laughs> her scene at the police station in wherever she's at, it Iowa or whatever, it's or no, I'm sorry, it says like Beaver, Colorado, and I'm like, oh, they probably just want they wanted the the shitty vagina joke. I get it. Um, and oh. so, uh, yeah, sorry. I feel like, though, if you had taken that scene and started the movie with it and then gone to, you know, his parents getting killed, I think you're I just something about that says to me it would have it wouldn't have fixed the movie, but it would have helped. 
Like there would have been a yeah. sense that there is there is a pervasive evil out there. We're going to start wide with this notion of there is a traveling evil and then we're going to zoom in on where it is now. Like that's at least mm-hmm. some yeah. sort of focus instead of just like uh, a suburban mom shrieking at her husband about um, about Thanksgiving decorations and then they get killed. Yeah, yeah. And it feels less like it's trying to parrot other franchises that exist like scream i got a lot of scream vibes particularly from that first scene where it's like okay we're gonna introduce you to people who are immediately gonna die and you're never gonna see them again um Mm -hmm. and just give you the scary like there's someone in the house and go from there like i just got a lot of opening of scream vibes from the opening of this but ultimately it didn't really make sense in the narrative for what narrative there is they may have they may they may have done their best with this and wound up where they wound up, but the scream opening really only worked because it had such a, such a name attached to it. Like yeah. like Drew Barrymore yeah. was not a person who got killed six minutes into a movie, so that's what made it shocking. Fred Willard, right? Sure, why not? So I think that's why we're <laughs> yeah. like, like if if they had gotten. I don't know who it would have been. If it's the 90s, okay. So let's say if they had gotten... Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner and, like, <laughs> Rene Russo. And then they get murdered. And it's like, that that at least gives you a little a little, little bit of a pulse yeah. pound. They make a Kevin Costner reference in the movie. Like, Devin Sawa's about to start oh, talking in one of right. the two. I can't remember which one goes... You're not going to uh, make a Kevin Costner speech, are yeah, you? Yeah, because he's about to make a speech about how, like, he's going to, like, renounce weed and stuff like that because he's mm-hmm. got to go save Molly at the dance. Um, so uh, the night of the dance comes and uh, she shows up to his house to pick him up so they can go to the dance. And he is... Oh, did we talk about the fact that he chopped his hand off? Oh, no, I think yep. we did. Yeah. I think we did. That happened. Honestly, in a, in a way, it I couldn't believe it took him that long to think to do that. Mm-hmm. But then it hadn't occurred to me either. So I was like, I don't know. I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, but yes, he did chop his hand off. And then he put it in the microwave. And I spent the entire sequence like with my hands above my face. It was horrible. Just, it was so gross. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was well, really and, gross. And, and I, would, I would argue not in the way that a hand in the microwave scene in a horror movie is supposed to make you like want to look away from something like that. Like there, there, it was, it's just gross. It's just grubby and gross. Yeah. 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 Not fun. Gross. <laughs> not, not, oh, not, and not then, nasty. Not, in the burrito where he's like, they, they like stick his hand, his head back on his, his body, Elton Henson, Ugh. and he eats the microwave burrito and it's coming out of his neck. And I was like, why, why, why is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean, I think also we, we haven't discussed the elephant in the room, which is basically the pitch for this movie is, Hey, you know, that scene in evil dead Two when the evil gets into Bruce Campbell's hand and he has to fight his own hand and ends up chopping off his own hand, but it's only one scene. What if that but a whole movie? Some guy yeah. came up with that general premise and then yeah. remembered the idle hand saying and yep. just thought 
they were the biggest shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I spent the whole time thinking, like, there could be a good movie in here somewhere. But it can't just be I... the hand. It has to be like a Jekyll and Hyde Such, I mean, basically everything else has to change, too. But, like, the concept of, like, a guy being the the big bad of his own movie and he doesn't know it. Um, like, I think that is interesting. But, one, he figures it out That's way too quick. That's a neat idea. And, 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 two, it's just his hand. And that... Yeah, it doesn't, like, take over the, any other parts of his body or yeah, anything Yeah, it's like just that. his hand. There's... And then we get the entire third act where it's just a disembodied hand that is somehow able to kill people and we get no explanation of how or why. Because there's, there's like sequences where like the hand attacks somebody and then there's just a massive spurt of blood and yeah. they don't tell you how it how it no. happened. It's no. just like... Yeah, and, and can the hand do that because it's evil, because it's possessed, or just can all hands do that? Like if I... I, I am not a I am not a physically violent person, but if I backhand someone, am I going to open the, like their jugular? Like, is that is that possible? I don't know why I used that I out guess... loud. Like, this is a true crime podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> only I guess if you grow your fingernails out really long suddenly while while your hands in the microwave. Oh and no, that's not how that happened. At the school, they st- it stuck the fingers in the. And then you grow your fingernails out, and then you put your finger in a pencil sharpener to sharpen your fingernail, yeah. and you give Micah a stomachache for the rest of her life. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's a Ugh. lot. There's also this portion of the 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 last act where. Molly, the Jessica, Jessica Alba character, becomes like relatively resourceful. Yeah, and then I'm like, yeah. this is this is completely incongruous with everything that we know about Molly up yeah. to this point. Yeah, this is yeah. Well, and and it mostly her competence really just serves as an elaborate setup to get her friend gruesomely killed. Like that's 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 yeah all it is. And as soon as we see that fan we know oh of course of course but like it's yeah and in the meantime um uh oh my god i can't believe i can't remember the name of the lead singer for the outcast or the outcast the the offspring i am so sorry for uh mistaking uh offspring and outcast um dexter holland imagine if it had been Um, outcast though how much fun that would have been uh, we're talking a 50 to 95% better movie automatically. Like, <laughs> circa, ni- circa 1999 Outcast before they'd really sort of, like, dug into their roles and they were like, oh, man. That would have been great. I, I don't know if it would have been the same sort of satisfaction of watch- as watching Dexter Holland get one hand scalped, um, which I, I, which I, which I, I actually is the, is the only thing about this, one of the only things about this movie that I remembered. I remembered that happening. And I do have to say that I was watching it and I'm like, that for 1999, that's actually not a terrible special effect. In, in yeah. the 90s, we're, this is in the Drive Me Crazy uh, mm-hmm. episode, we talked about how different our childhoods were from what we can only assume the 1990s American white, uh, white Californian mm-hmm. childhood was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in, uh, in the movies because like whenever you watch one of these movies like they're they always have really popular bands or really popular up-and-coming mm-hmm. bands playing at school dances mm-hmm. and um it was the donnas i think in drive mm-hmm. me crazy even though the uh, the whole movie spends so much time shitting on brandy for some reason um, <laughs> no reason at all <laughs> i was like what the fuck um but they've got the offspring in here and i, I was like is, was this a thing were bands just playing high school dances in the 90s uh they were not but the thing you have to keep in mind is that um in the 1990s you could if you made a movie you could actually make money selling a soundtrack as a companion to that and you could get your your tie-in music video could get airtime uh on mtv like that that was an actual that was a revenue stream for a movie like yes i think we called that industry six pence none the richer (laughs) Yes, that's well. That's it exactly. Like, like she's all that was a perfect example of that. Like, it launched Sixpence None the Richer to whatever height Sixpence None the Richer got launched. Hey, I had heard of them, and I grew up in the village, so pretty far reaching. But they are not too far removed from CCM that you would not have heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) I did hear them on gospel music. (laughs) But like, if if. If a band or, like, a band's song appeared in a movie, like, that was considered, like, a cameo. That was, like, a get. Like, it would, like, you you went to see Cruel Intentions half for, uh, like, it was marketed half on the strength of the girl-girl kiss and half on the strength of there is a Fatboy Slim song somewhere in this movie. You gotta show up to find out where. What, what's, what's, I, I remember hearing, what was, the, what's the song? Uh, or not the song, but the movie um, Valley Girl. There's a teen mm-hmm. romance movie from the 80s called Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. And like that movie's like the uh, biggest cultural footprint is it's uh, is bringing the song mm-hmm. I'll Stop the World and Melt With You to yeah. uh, America. Oh, <laughs> here's my age. When I hear I'll Stop the World and Melt With You, think you Hershey's think Sky High. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's... Uh, it, it, soundtracks... Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of soundtracks. I think this movie had, like, a pretty good one. I was jamming the whole way through. I... I, I it's one of those things where I, I think if you had a movie now with two comic sidekick stoners and, like, every time they walk on screen, Santeria starts playing like i think i think today that's like a halfway solid joke i think in 1999 mm-hmm. that's just what 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 are these what do these marijuana kids listen to oh right sublime okay got it so every time they walk in we're gonna we're gonna drop that one yeah it's <laughs> it's what was the what was was it max keeble's big move where like there was the the love interest or like the 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 uh, object of Max's affection, mm-hmm. and every time she came on screen, hit me, baby, one more time. Started. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Um, yeah, it but it's got it, it's it's all of these sort of like post grunge covers yeah. of like Mama said, knock you out, and uh, fucking um, uh, I want to be sedated. Also. Um, what was the what was the uh, the one? Dragula. Okay, so I 
Oh, uh, yeah. Dracula. I don't like any of Rob Zombie's other music, but I really, really enjoy that song. I've mm-hmm. actually met him as well. <laughs> um, uh, I met him in an Urban Outfitters randomly one day. What? Um, you never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, because I really, really, I walked up to him and he was, uh, he was like, uh, I, well, I was like, you look like Rob Zombie, like a lot like Rob Zombie. And he was like, I get that a lot. And then we had a talk and that's the end of the story. But the hmm. <laughs> uh, 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 nice enough man for all of the makeup and, 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 uh, and blood uh, that is surrounding him on pictures all the time. But the, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I was. I looked away from the screen and I was like, "Is Dracula playing?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, nineteen ninety eight. And the, yeah, I mean, but the thing to keep in mind, and this movie is is actually a really good indicator of it. But like, the the nineties, as fondly as people remember them, they ran it, it ran out of steam. Like it absolutely did, and it just got into this weird period. Like I'm not saying there's not good art or good music or good movies from 1999. There's some incredibly good examples of all of the above. But, like... The club was jumping, jumping. I remember. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like... uh, So... But, like you said, like, this wanted... This movie really wanted... Kind of needed it to still be 1996-97 for Mm -hmm. it to fit in. But instead, it came out a couple of years later. So it just falls into this weird sort of... Like, this weird sort of... What was America really like in the in sort of the long lead to 9/11 and it's like that's 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 what it was. It's just sort of rudderless like stuff like almost anything that's in this movie we had seen like weaponized and engaged really well in a movie prior to it. And that's whether yeah. whether it was Scream or something about Mary or Can't Hardly Wait or like like any teen comedy had kind of already like she's never seen in, Can't Hardly Wait either. Whoa, we're coming back to that. Um, but, uh, I grew up in a village. We didn't have internet. It's all good. I, I have already today had to browbeat people into making sure that they see Booksmart. And now I've got to, I've got to, no, the face just said you haven't seen, okay. Anyway, moving on before I preoccupy myself. But, I'm so sorry. But it's like. But no, no, but, but so there were all these, there were all these teen movies, whether they were comedies or horror movies that had these like really stylish flourishes, but that were brought to bear by people that knew what they were doing, that were invested in the look and feel of a movie and the characterization and like had a really like under, like had a really great music supervisor and understood the importance of that job. And just like, this is like, we saw this thing in a movie one time, how hard can it be? And it turns out it's actually very hard to do that stuff really well. <laughs> Turns I th- out. <laughs> I, I think that uh, they're like... Oh my uh, God, Can't Hardly Wait is a gem. I'm sorry, it's, it's a <laughs> fucking gem of a movie. <laughs> I grew up in a village and we didn't have internet until it was at least 2007. Michael, we gotta watch it. Ethan Embry's so good in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and... Oh, oh no! I'm sorry. It's at a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's okay. So that's why uh, it deserves yeah. better. It deserves way better. But anyway, I think it's very funny. It's very much like this movie where you're just like, why is Peter Facinelli here? Why is Melissa yes. Joan oh. Hart here? What? Why is Lauren Ambrose? Here? It's just like <laughs> there's so many people. I'm um, it up now. 
all these people just sort of swirling around Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt for like two hours. Those are the leads? Yeah, and it did become one of those weird, like, graduating class movies where it's like, oh, shit, like, if you, like, if you look deep enough, like, everyone who ever worked after this is in this movie. But that's Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Back to Idle Hands, which is not. Yes. <laughs> yes, back, 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 to, back to Idle Hands, which mm-hmm. is emphatically not Can't Hardly mm-hmm. Wait. Um, so the... <laughs> There are a bunch of killer gags, like, uh, not killer as in they, they kill as in they're good, but they just mm-hmm. happen to end Just like people, people die. literally die. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, w- there's one with the principal? Who uh, yeah. is, uh, y- is the- uh, doing, like, a phone sex line at the school. Oh, God. Oh, that's right. I, I, I think I put that out of my head. Uh, after it's one I of the, the worst yesterday. things I've ever seen. The hand crawls up his pant leg, and we all know where that ends. You know? No, no, no I don't think everybody does, <laughs> because <laughs> oh. the hand crawls up his pant leg, and he's like imagining that like it's the lady he's talking to over the phone sex line, and then like Alien, <laughs> the hand pops out of its out of his zipper. And then yeah. it cuts to black because there's like a bunch of blood effects and stuff like that. I I think if the movie had like committed to showing us all of the fun kills, that would have took it in a, a notch. I don't think my... it had the budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it only I think... had budgets for the burritos. <laughs> for the burritos and money. the offspring. And that's it. <laughs> Listen, we can have good effects makeup, we can have burritos, and we can have the offspring, but we can't have all three, so one's gotta go. But like but like it's crazy because it's 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 an R-rated movie. Like it's violent enough to be rated R. But has like the circumspection of a PG thirteen movie. Like like the the, the yeah. need to cut away from stuff. So that that mm-hmm. makes me think, yeah, you're right. It's it's purely budget because uh, there's gotta be because otherwise they they should have been able to do whatever they pleased. Yeah, Cause like because you can you can do the rest of the stuff like pretty cheap. Like the burrito's gross, but like ultimately it wouldn't be that hard to do with a bit of latex and some fake blood and some makeup. Like some of that mm-hmm. like seems like it looks it looks pretty good honestly some of it and you can do that mm-hmm. i think relatively quite a lot more inexpensively than you can actually showing like blood and guts coming out from everywhere and yeah. and the I, whatever it is that that hand's doing we don't know we never see it but whatever it is it involves a lot of blood <laughs> and immediately after he kills the principal that is when we get that awful uh uh, fingers in the, the pencil, pencil sharpener. sharpener bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was Horrible. I I was literally sort of just like staring dumbfounded at the screen because I was smiling a lot at this movie <laughs> because I was like, it's 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 kind of like the Postman. It's just like <laughs> why 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 is this happening? It was just like, there's so many instances and I was just like, why is this happening? I'm not particularly angry that it's happening. I just want to know why. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of where I was. But, that's uh, fair. Heavy Metal Guy and Vivica, and, and Vivica A. Fox is a druid high priestess. Get to the dance. And um, uh, they wait, finally wait, wait, find wait. Aunt, Oh, oh we're, but, what am I I'm sorry. 
I got to backtrack to the actual dance part of the dance, where, as you mm. pointed out, the offspring are playing the Ramones, I Want to Be Sedated. And yes. Jessica Alba, Jessica Alba is dancing like, like Jewel is on stage. And <laughs> that is, that is not, that is not, I, I don't, I don't believe that's her fault. I believe she was directed to do like it, it's like a combination like Lilith Fair, I feel this in my heart, and glow stickless rave dance. Like it's and and none of it none of it goes with even an offspring version of a Ramon song. Like it would be it feels like it feels like it would only make sense. Her dancing that way would only make sense if they had not locked down who was gonna who the guest band was gonna be or what Gotta song be. would be playing it. And they were just like, "Look, just dance, dance the way you feel like. Just do the scene, and we'll put we'll put it together in post." But the band is right there, like she is in the shot with them. <laughs> I. That's I, true. My... I, I was like buying your theory until I remembered that yeah, they're in the same shot. Like she knew. Well, I think my theory is correct. And it is informed by Jessica Alba's performance from the rest of the movie. And the point that the, the point that the film is trying to make is that Molly is a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yeah. That would. Oh, God. I. uh, Oh, my God. Like that. You're going to make me rent this fucking thing again and watch it through that lens. Oh, my God. So much of what we've been complaining about just dropped right into place. Oh yes, yeah. that that is that is how I have seen it the entire movie. I literally in my the only note I have about Jessica Alba is what is Jessica Alba doing? Because it encompasses everything that I think about everything that happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, goddamn, it makes so like like now, but like that's the movie I want where like where you've got which is sort of like the opposite of Carrie, where like this. This high school girl is elevated to incredible popularity and nobody notices she's a lunatic because she looks like an 18-year-old Jessica Alba. Um, and by the way, I am not I am not trying to reduce Jessica Alba to her physical appearance here at all. And even if I was dedicating my entire appearance on this podcast to that, I wouldn't be able to do it half as grossly as the movie does. So Yeah, no, that's you are only you are only picking up on a point that the movie wanted to hammer home to us yes yes is that jessica alba is attractive and they're not wrong (laughs) they're not wrong no i'm just i'm just fine but it's fine i mean it's but like that's that is her consistent trait and nothing else makes sense except as you've pointed out she's she's insane oh my god i want this version of carrie now though Mm -hmm. i'm just Mm -hmm. Like the, the uh, I thought that the uh, the movie would have been better if when the, as they were escaping and everything, her entire performance, her entire demeanor 
would have just been everything's fine i don't know what you're talking about even as people's scalps are like so being ripped off and people are getting chopped to death in in, in propeller fans and stuff like that because so like that the, would be more consistent with everything she's been doing so yeah far. so like the teen comedy the teen comedy version of thora birch and west bentley from american beauty basically where where she's just or, or she's, just Cameron Diaz as Mary and there's something about Mary. Right, right, right. Like we're we're just uh we're just she's like he's he's a lunatic and she's she's just sort of too empty to notice it. Yeah, that makes sense. I that I, yeah. The single biggest belly laugh I got in the entire <laughs> movie is her like is like the offspring playing the Ramones in the background while she can only be like dancing to like Bodicea or something. <laughs> Bodicea. I, I, I think that I, I just like, it, it is the funniest thing in the world. I hollered. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. I, I hate to say any that there's any one thing that took me out of the movie, but that took me out of the movie. I was so done with her by that point that I, I didn't even think about it, oh, sure. honestly. I was just like, yeah, that's how she dances. Not even thinking about the kind mm-hmm. of music. I was still reeling from the car scene we skipped over that mm, maybe maybe we should have. I probably shouldn't. Yep, doing it anyway. Uh, where the couple, the heavy metal couple are making out oh, in their that's car. Right. And, and then the hand comes in and kills them and other things happen that I knew were going to happen and we don't have to talk about them. But... That scene had already happened, so I was still kind of reeling from that because that was gross in every conceivable way. Yeah, there are a lot of different kinds of gross in this movie. <laughs> there All is a kinds. really funny joke to be had from the sight of someone in Gene Simmons makeup making out with someone in Ace Freely makeup. Like, that's a legit funny joke. But <laughs> the movie was in such a rush to get to... Um, the spotlight moment for the actress who was clearly hired because she would take her top off that um yeah. that just you know I, I i just i just felt i just felt bad i felt sad yeah it, it didn't make me feel nice watching it that's for sure and the whole thing was so no, predictable no, that's like, i was true. like oh exactly her top's gonna come off the hand is gonna do what hands mm. do and um yeah uh, it, yeah i was kind of just was like, so Ooh. unnecessary who is this movie for? And then I was like, oh, I know who it's for. It's for that audience that couldn't tell that Jada Pinkett Smith was getting stabbed at the beginning of Scream 2. That's those. (laughs) Yep. Just for them. That was the focus group. Um, But yeah, the, uh, we uh, get to the, we're at the dance and Vivke Fox finds uh, Anton and she's like, I know how to help. <laughs> she just pulls out this knife and starts going at him all crazy. And I, uh, the the back half of this movie, I was in tears. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. It's a shame that the first half is just like so deadening because yeah. they're like, there's there's some real good madness to be had in this, but it's like you got to sit through a lot to get there. Um, and I do kind of like the idea because, like, typically the that Vivica A. Fox role, that's you know that's Doctor Loomis from the Halloween movies, who's like the expert, and it's like the situation's gonna come 
is ostensibly going to come under more control once they get to, yeah. you know, the danger zone. And I love it that her solve is just, I'm here and I'm, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. And I, I just really enjoy uh, Vivica Fox. Um, my favorite Vivica Fox is like the two can play that game. Hi, I'm Vivica Fox and I'm here to fuck your life up, Vivica Fox. I That's mm-hmm. my favorite Vivica but I, I i did very much enjoy her in this i want to talk mm-hmm. i want to talk a little bit more about the uh the main players and stuff like that what did we think about devin sawa's performance I, yeah he's he devin sawa appears in this movie <laughs> he does i think i, I concur yeah i, I think he's I very very good at the physicality of the role all of the stuff where the hand is still attached to him and him like having to fight it and that kind of stuff is perfect i was i was disappointed about that though because like there's the funny bit early on where he and like his his regular left hand and the possessed right hand are like fighting for control of the tv remote which is which is naturally just funny shtick and I was mm-hmm. so disappointed with how they shot and cut it because, like, they could have just let him play. Again, I'm not. I, I. It's an unfair comparison, sort of. It's an unfair comparison that the movie invites to that scene in Evil Dead Two, but that's largely mm-hmm. shot in like, w- to my recollection, is largely shot in one take. So you're really just watching Bruce Campbell put just do a physical shtick solo, and. This movie didn't. I think. De- I think you're right. Devin Sawa's got a good physicality for stuff like that. But man, the movie did not want to let him put it to use. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was too distracted by being bugged by the fact that it was just the one hand um, mm. for me to appreciate his physicality because I was like, "This is dumb. <laughs> this premise is mm-hmm. dumb." <laughs> like the fact that it's just the one hand and i so i thought that all of his all of the physical stuff was a little bit overwrought but that Mm -hmm. i think a lot of that comes down to me being irritated at the very premise to begin with that's fair i do think that when you know he's got the hands chopped off we're in the third act we're in the school and Mm -hmm. the my uh one of my favorite parts is the fact that the hand is now possessing all of these hand puppets mm-hmm. in the art room. <laughs> and their expressions change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether or not so like it's high or angry dumb. or stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Um, and then uh, the hand traps Molly on top of a car in the auto shop of the school, which my school never had an auto shop. That's something I always just saw in movies. Oh, but we that's... did. But again, village. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, and she's strapped to the car and going to be crushed into a, um, what's that star, the devil star called? The pentagram. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, going to get crushed into a pentagram on the, where's, also, where's the hand finding all of this blood? I mean, with which to like write things on the wall. (laughs) As as we've already covered, this hand keeps drawing gouts of blood out of people just by making uh, physical contact this with it. So fair. I feel like now, yeah. how is it collecting the blood to then reuse it? Who's to say? That's that's <laughs> Hollywood magic, baby. 
Oh man. Uh, yeah. Yes, but like uh, then uh, he uh, he is trying to pull the lever backwards and stop Molly from being crushed on the ceiling by the car. And uh, Eldon Henson and Seth Green show back up uh, so they can help with the power of marijuana because sure that's where that's why we're all here. And um, they end up uh, giving uh, uh, <laughs> giving the hand. Uh, a hit of the giant uh, mm-hmm. car bong that was made in mm-hmm. the auto body shop and uh, the hand uh, is sort of incapacitated and they are able mm-hmm. to save Jessica Alba. Uh, but before the hand can kill someone else, Vivica Fox shows up and stabs it. Mm-hmm. What did I tell you about movies that we do on this show and people getting stabbed in the hand, even mm-hmm. when there's not a person attached? <laughs> it does seem to be happening quite frequently and i just want the record to show that you picked this movie so i can't be blamed <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just i'm just saying that's what happened um but yeah and uh, all is well that ends well they get jessica alba off the top of the car but then they go back underneath the car because jessica alba who is a raving lunatic <laughs> <laughs> yeah starts to like make out with him and push him under the car and then the car falls and Devin Sawa is is crushed but not dead he's in the hospital in one of those uh those sitcommy uh full mm-hmm. body casts that they put people in the hospital and uh Jessica Alba is there smooching on him and uh, and the zombies have crossed over the light and the Enya came back oh that was the other <laughs> That was the other really. That was the other joke I really liked. Was they they talked about they're like yeah mm-hmm. there was this bright light and there was this music playing uncool music like Enya or something. I didn't <laughs> realize my only point of reference for Enya was the fact that uh, Bodicea gets is sampled in mm-hmm. um, Ready or Not by the Fugees, and mm-hmm. the uh, when I was like in in high school and stuff like that, and then like. I got older and I just started like listening to Enya on my own and stuff like that. And I did not know that there were, there was such a R&B and hip hop to do about mm-hmm. Enya in the nineties. I had no idea. <laughs> because, um, uh, the Fugees, uh, put out, I guess, ready or not, uh, without clearing all the licensing stuff with Enya. And then mm-hmm. Enya tried to sue them. But then hmm. Inya was like, oh, it's not gangster rap, so they can use it. Um, and then uh, it got sampled again in, um, what was it? Uh, the uh, I Don't Want to Know by Mario Winans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he didn't hear it from the, uh, I'm sorry, I have to look this up because the story is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, he didn't hear it from, um, the, um, Fuji song. Mm. He heard it from, he, oh, he heard it in the movie that we're watching next week. <laughs> he heard it in Sleepwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's why i wanted to bring it up because i was like this is <laughs> why is this all happening why is this all kismet who who can say where inspiration will strike uh but yeah um uh the the ghost stoners 
play a prank on him by saying by writing I'm under the bed on the ceiling like what happened to his parents but, but which nobody actually no no he never saw it so he can't have communicated it to them oh no he it's, well he right yeah i i get cuz i know that devin sawa saw it because uh, there's a scene oh. where he's on the bed with the dog, right? And he thinks that hiding under the covers is going to do something for some reason. This movie has so much fat. It's so short, but it has so much fat. It really does. Oh, and I don't recall that is, at all. Wow. Okay. He like It's like right after he... Oh, it's when he... God, speaking of gross stuff. It's after he makes that bologna sandwich. Oh, oh yeah! And he doesn't realize that it's the knife that was used to kill his parents. And so he gets blood all over the sandwich. Because he's using it to spread the mayonnaise and he doesn't realize it until after he's taken a bite. Uh, and that's when he finally realizes his parents have been fucking murdered. A bologna blood and mayonnaise sandwich is so wild that the blood is the least nasty thing on there. Okay. <laughs> it was so much mayonnaise too. Oh, God. <laughs> and, yeah. And so and it's running like, around the house. And it's like on his fingertips and just like, like it was, they were like, let's make this the worst fucking sandwich. Ugh. It's it's the worst thing I've ever seen. There's Ugh. no cheese on it. It's just, bleh. yeah. Uh, so Bologna he's running around the house. Blood. Yeah, and he's terrified that he finally figured out that someone's killed his parents, and he realizes that the killer must be in the house with him. He's hearing noises, which it never explains where those noises came from, since he's the one that killed his parents. <laughs> but he takes the dog uh, upstairs, and he's like hiding under the covers in his parents' bed. Um, which I think, unless I'm mistaken, is on the opposite wall it was in the other scenes. But anyway, he looks up and he sees the, the paint on the ceiling. And that's where he sees it now oh, as to how okay. his friends knew about it. Mm. Got it. Either got way, it. Okay. doesn't really make sense, but it's the last gag of the movie, so we can stop talking about it now. That's true. <laughs> that, that was Idle Hands, and when we get back, we're going to give the movie some Freezy Awards. What's up, man? What's up with you? I'm dry. So? So why don't you bring me over a dimer? This ain't Domino's, you lazy bitch. Come over here and get it. And now we're back, and this is the portion of the episode where we give the movie Freezy Awards. They can be the things you like, things you found funny, things you forgot shit on. The recap, you know the drill. Alex, do you have Freezies for idle hands? Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know that I do. Uh, I don't, I don't mean... <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to, I don't want to be unfair and I don't want to, you know, it's, this is the deadest of horses on which to beat, but like, it's, it, it, uh, geez, you know what, come back to me, I'll have something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Micah, do you have freezies for idle hands? Um, I do. Um, my first freezy goes to Bones the cat. There is a really pretty white cat in the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. And I that made That was note, my favorite part. That was my favorite part of the entire movie. I made a note that I was like, if they kill this fucking cat, I'm out. And I can tell CJ he's on his own. But they don't, don't kill know. the cat. Uh, we just um, see him. He, like, swings the cat around mm-hmm. and uh, and, like, launches it into yeah. his crush's yard and that's what causes that exchange is he does have concern for the cat he does go after the cat 
So they didn't kill the cat. And so um, I'll give it a freezy for that. That Thank God Bones the cat didn't die. Also, I think Bones is a really funny name for a white mm-hmm. cat. So uh, My second freezy, um, which CJ already solved for me, because sometimes I write my freezies mm-hmm. like, as they come up, as I watch the movie. Um, so I just made a freezy of what is Jessica Alba doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we know she's just a lunatic. And so um, I guess that Freezy can go to CJ for figuring it out. Hey. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the last Freezy I'm going to give to the bottle in Seth Green's head. Because it's established that like they reattach Eldon Henson's head to his body. He could have removed that bottle without any pain. And it does become an impediment to him later when he gets stuck on the top of the vent that he's going through he could have just taken the bottle out but he sticks with it and i appreciate (laughs) that i i actually (laughs) i actually in in further discussion i i do have a couple of freezies to offer uh i i i gotta say that like i I think seth green who was you know obviously much earlier in his in his career uh, this is way pre-Robot Chicken. I don't even know if he'd appeared on Buffy yet. But, like, he had done uh, Austin Powers with the producers of this movie. So, like, so he was brought in as a ringer because he was just a funny guy. But, like, he actually, like, he and Elton Henson, they really do actually bring some energy to some not great material. Some of it is just tedious and that's not their fault. But, like, I, I yeah. do kind of love, he has one, Seth Green has one really great line reading which is uh, after the after the hand has has begun massacring people at the dance and everybody has run off and Elton Henson is bemoaning the fact that he almost hooked up with uh, that he came this close to hooking up with Jessica Alba's friend and just Seth Green just perfectly underplay saying like I doubt it like it's it's <laughs> it's like a really nice encapsulation of of where they're at and things and I do have to say that the um, the I know we were making fun of it before. It's easy to make fun of, but we have to. I have to give credit where it's due to Jessica Alba's total commitment to her v- very out of place Lilith Fair dance uh, to to the Ramones song. I mean, she is she is unstoppable. There is not an ounce of self consciousness about it. There is no if she had just had an argument with the director about whether it was appropriate or not. It does not show in her performance. So for the commitment alone, I'm going to give that a freezy. Because imagine okay. how bad that would have been if she wasn't committed to the bit. Oh, I know. It would have been, it would have been, it just would have been worse. Yeah. Somehow. Um, hmm. okay. Somehow. <laughs> hmm. All right. So I've got freezies. Yes, I do. Uh, my first freezy is going to Jessica Alba. She is uh, a acting Rorschach test, where mm-hmm. if you watch this movie one way, uh, it is um, one of the worst uh, acting performances you've ever seen. And if you watch this movie another way, it is one of the greatest unsung teen comedy comedic performances <laughs> of the 1990s. And for that, she receives my hunch from Rockadoodle Best Supporting Actress Award. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right. Um, the second freezy goes to the 
bologna and blood sandwich, mm-hmm. the burrito out the neck. This movie is gross <laughs> as fuck, and I love it. <laughs> I can't get you to watch Hannibal because you can't handle the gore, but you're sitting here giving a freezy to a burrito squidging out of someone's neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you put it that way. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And my um, last freezy goes to... um, I didn't really come up with a last freezy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... um, I, I it'll go to Devin Sawa. He was game for whatever mm-hmm. was uh, happening. Um, yeah. He and he's also because uh, we didn't have a chance really to be horny at all this episode. Super hot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got punched in the face real bad sometime in the mid two thousands, and now he always looks like he just got out of a bar fight. And it's <laughs> my jam. Um, so yeah, Devin Sawa uh, uh, um, in this movie. Keep being hot. Um, the (laughs) I am okay guys I'm perplexed by some new information I've discovered now I will admit I was paying this movie the exact amount of attention uh, attention it deserved Um, uh, evidently Ricky Martin appears in this uncredited as man in car park Um, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch this movie just to see where Ricky Martin was just to find out like what what were they going for with this what was the, Ricky, what was the aim uh, I don't I didn't know if he was doing anything in like a lot of like um, English films at the time but I know that in the late 90s he was popular for like dubbing I, mm. I was uh, I think he was this I, I think he did the Spanish dub for Leo and Titanic mm, I know sense. he was the voice of the, the speaking and singing voice of Hercules in the Spanish dub oh. of Disney's Hercules uh, there's a very dramatic video of him doing a Spanish language cover of I'll Go to the So he he was he was in some stuff. Well, I can't even find any images on Google of mm-hmm. him in idle hands. Because who who would have been looking for it besides Alex? Besides so below he... freezing '90s correspondent Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I don't get it. Was he doing it just for like like SAG hours? Was he like shadowing the director to like I this is I I'm I'm leaving an hour and a half conversation about this movie more confused than I was walking into it. You guys. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, uh, this is the point in the show where we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burnt. Alex, what say you? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go with freezer burnt on this one. Uh, I feel like there are some, uh, there are some time capsules from the era that have not necessarily, that, that don't, that, that, that hit different now as well they should. This is not necessarily one of them, though I do think it is useful if you want to show people, like, you know how everyone's uh, super nostalgic for the 90s all the time? 
the night parts of the 90s big swaths of the 90s were actually quite bad ladies and gentlemen idle hands <laughs> <laughs> so it serves a purpose then the rodney king riots yeah yeah yeah. Uh, the clinton impeachment idle the clinton hands. impeachment oj <laughs> idle hands. Right, uh ray of light by madonna except for the actual song ray of light <laughs> idle hands um <laughs> no fair um <laughs> Uh, Michael, what say you? Yeah, this is freezer burnt. Just go watch Scream. I'm, in fact, yeah. I'm going to. Like, here in a couple of weekends, I got a friend coming up to the city. We're just going to binge all the Scream movies while we drink apple cider. It's going to be great. And we're not going to oh, watch nice. this. For sure, because this is bad. So just go watch something, anything else. Speaking of Scream, Jack Quaid from The Boys and Plus One is in Scream 5. I'm, I'm very excited. excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, I'm always excited about a screen movie because none of them are bad. They're just, they're all just. I'm excited because both halves of my OTP are back, mm-hmm. being Sydney and Dewey, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Gale will finally die. So, <laughs> that's my hopes for Scream Five: Dewey x Sydney kill Gale off. Everybody mm-hmm. else's threshold for Gale is just like. They can handle her up into the bangs in three. Mm. Micah is just like, I never liked her in, in any of the No, movies. never, never. And the first, I have been waiting for her to die in every single Scream movie. I think the hardest I've ever made CJ laugh was when I got really excited when we were watching the third one when they make you think that they killed Gale. And I just like whooped. And then here she fucking comes out of that goddamn like screening room or wherever they were when you think that she's dead. Uh, watching watching the the sort of homemade killer in the barn almost mm-hmm. kill Gail Courtney Cox in Scream Four, uh, watching Micah watch that was like watching like uh, a a tied overtime sports game mm-hmm. for her. It was <laughs> she was she was so invested in whether or not Courtney Cox is going to make it out of the like, fourth one alive. <laughs> like is. Is Liev Schreiber the 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 big star fake out death at the top of Scream Three because they wanted it to be Gale and Courtney Cox was like, no, I want to keep doing these or like, I don't know. It it just it doesn't make sense. She should have been the cold open murder at some point by now. That's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. in five. Maybe in five. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Um, I, I sort of think that Neb's gonna be the cold open uh, in 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 five, just because like it took her so long to say yes, mm-hmm. and like it just, that that just seems like something that would happen. But uh, anyway, um, I'll be curious. I know you will. Um, mm-hmm. The <laughs> um, for me, I am going to say still fresh with the caveat, still fresh. Whenever over the next few years this becomes available to stream for free, we rented it. Four dollars is too much. Hmm. I yes. the yes. Uh, if you have Tubi and you don't want to watch it and you don't mind watching ads, watch it there. I uh, recommend it uh, as just like a gross thing. Mm-hmm. In the same way, in the same way that like, in the same Who's way how like out gross things though. Like you know when you're a kid and you see like this sort of you see like some sort of congealed mass of like Mm -hmm. dirt and sticky stuff and you just like have to stick your entire arm in it like that 
And... I think I had a different childhood, but 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 I get it. There is there is an approach avoidance to it where it's like this is this is so gross and I can't turn away. And I get that. And and yeah, if it if it shows up on Netflix or if it's like like it's too out of range to be like an FX movie at this point. But if it FX shows, FX will up, not have this movie now. No, 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 no. FX won't show anything before like 2006, but it'll show everything since 2006 with 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 a zeal but um uh <laughs> but uh no i if this shows up on a on a streaming service where you don't have to to uh pay on top of your subscription rate or if it's just on cable why not we're all stuck at home why not and if you yeah, manage to catch it on fx <laughs> let us know in between, you know, uh, their, you know, hourly showings of the Adjustment Bureau. Or <laughs> but the, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was out of hands. <laughs> yeah, was not expecting that to not be unanimous, but I guess weird things have happened. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming on and watching this awful movie oh you know i i i love showing up for you guys i will i i think i've now proven i will show up to watch anything for you, you will yep yep ever <laughs> since we put you through geostorm i think that was that was the problem yeah. that there was no coming back from you guys i just realized that was this year that was mm -hmm. actually this year guys yeah guys it's been like 12 years. It has yeah. been 12 years. Yeah. Uh, someone told me, some, uh, I, like, for some reason, I thought that, like, uh, the song WAP came out, like, last summer. Mm -hmm. Didn't it come out, like, like, it came out, like, six weeks ago, didn't it? Yeah. Mm, probably less than, probably yeah. less than that. Time just doesn't make sense anymore. Time does uh, not. <laughs> it's, and it's irrelevant, too. We're in a horrible vortex where <sighs> I can't go to restaurants or anywhere else. But you can watch well, Idle Hands. Well, where we are, can we can go it. to restaurants. We just will. Uh, we, we just watch Idle Hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that is true. I could, I could go to restaurants, but I don't want to kill my grandmother. So mm. no, I'm yeah, because we live pass. in the middle of the country where everybody's dumb. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new jingle. So That's Alex, good, where, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter and on TikTok under the handle Menace2Snacks. That's Menace, the number two, and snacks. Uh, on uh, Twitter, you will find me railing against uh, the inhumanity of Republican politics uh, and also probably making poop jokes. Uh, and on TikTok, I, uh, I post a new video every day playing a song on the melodica, which is an instrument I'm teaching myself in quarantine. TikTok is the social media thing that I miss the most. <laughs> that That's is fair. understandable. It is as understandable as it is debatable, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and CJ, where can people find you on the internet? Well, by time uh, this episode actually drops, I will be back on social media because um, I, I took the month of September off. But uh, when you hear this, you can find me at CJ period. That's C-E-E-J-A-Y in the word period. I'm assuming you know how to spell it on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Dan and I also have a show. 
has a very long title. I'm not going to say it because it's going to have a title change because we're going to revamp it soon. Um, and uh, also, uh, uh, Dan's music is is coming out, serendipity out now. So listen to that. Yeah. Links Lovely. to all of that in the description. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MikerNAB and on Instagram at LowKeyStrokeTheLemur. I'm also generally screaming about the uh, lack of humanity of over 50% of our population. Um, well, maybe not. I hope not. Either way, lots of screaming. And um, it, you can it's, find it's, it's not over 50%. It is very much uh, well below 45%, uh, well below at least 49%. Uh, hmm. It's just that they happen to control most leaders of government right now. Yeah, oh, I should boy. say over 50% of the legislative branch of our government. Anyway. Uh, we're here to talk about movies. I'm so sorry. Uh, you can find the show at Below32Pod everywhere. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I have been doing the socials. If things look weird, that's why. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but give us a like. Give us a follow. If you feel so inclined, drop us a review. Five-star reviews help other people find the show easier. And if you don't think it's five stars, we would love to hear why so we know what we can be doing better. CJ, what spooks are in store next week? Well, Michael from K-Bay is coming back. And um, on K-Bay, they have a segment slash uh, ep- recurring episode called uh, Monster Fuck Rally. And... Um, Colon, the demon dick down. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's let, let's, <laughs> let, let's not omit uh, the most important part. Who and then, <laughs> so um when i we've i've been talking about us uh doing an episode on uh the movie sleepwalkers uh for quite some time now and uh i remember seeing it when i was a young child and all i remember about it is that leo the white lighter from charmed is in it uh somehow it has something to do with stephen king and everybody in it turns into cats and they fucking kill each other <laughs> so uh i was like who would be great for that michael michael <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are going to be watching Sleepwalkers, uh, and apparently Anya plays a big part, big enough part for uh, Mario Winans, anyway. So, so. <laughs> an extra, an extra bit of fun that we now have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Love that. So that is what we are checking out next week. Alex, thank you again. This was fun, even if the movie wasn't. Absolutely, my pleasure. You guys have me back. <laughs> Anytime, anytime. And until next week, y'all stay frosty. Or spooky, because it's October.